Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. I am so glad to have you back this week here at Where Faith Grows. This week, I got to sit down and chat with E.B. Hepworth, and we talked about all things miracles. What an honor and what a special conversation. E.B. will say in this interview that people always tell her miracles seem to follow the Hepworth family around, and she is not kidding. (laughs) We talk all about her adoption journey, her fertility journey, and so much more in this episode, and it is such a good one. Ebe is a passionate, freedom-fighting, courageous mama. She lives in Boise, Idaho, and helped pioneer an anti-human trafficking organization, rescuing girls from human trafficking for five years. Since then, Ebe and her husband have adopted two babies and taken a step back to develop rhythms as a family. Ebe and her husband battled infertility for five and a half years, and despite being told that they were unable to conceive, they recently announced that they are pregnant with twins. <laughs> She's a woman dedicated to her family and to making sure the world knows the goodness of God. Eby's spirit-filled attitude about finding miracles all around you is evident in how she lives her own life and how she encourages women all across the world to do the same. So whether you're waiting on a miracle of your own or just want to be inspired by someone living it, look no further because this episode is for you. I won't make you wait any longer, so here's my conversation with the amazing, courageous, and beautifully passionate E.B. Hepworth. Okay, welcome to the show, E.B. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. (laughs) I found your Instagram page, I think, two years ago. Actually, It may have been more than two years ago. It has been a long time, way before this podcast was ever even on my mind or my heart. Before your baby. Yes. And actually, you don't even know this, but so I'm going to tell you in real time this. (laughs) Well, I found your page because I went to the doctor. I went to my normal OB visit and they were like, we don't think you're going to be able to get pregnant. And it was like a very weird time. I had a lot of hormonal things going on that were that was causing problems. And then I found your page and I was like, oh, this is like straight from God because we started to talk about adopting, all that kind of stuff. And then I just loved everything that you talked about. And then you got pregnant. (laughs) I got pregnant. That's amazing. (laughs) Which was very exciting, but also you understand lots of like emotions of like, okay, this is happening. (laughs) Yes. And like, I've dreamed of this for decades and here now I'm at the toilet throwing up nonstop. (laughs) Ah! Yeah. And you're like trying to be thankful, but you're like, I'm still throwing up. So I haven't eaten in a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. Okay. So fill everybody else in, tell us kind of about your family and about this season of life for you guys. Perfect. Um, I, my name's E.B. Hepworth. I'm 28. I live in Boise, Idaho. My husband is Zach. He is my Puerto Rican Jamaican hunk. He is amazing. <laughs> we have been married for, um, in October, next month will be six years. We've been together for eight and, um, 
friends for now over 10 years. And we um, have been in, we met at church. Uh, we fell in love with Jesus separately and then eventually formed a friendship and then ended up um, beginning to date and then ended up getting married. But we were in ministry. Um, we helped run an anti-human trafficking organization internationally for um, over five years. And um, since I was a little girl, I've dreamt my whole life of adopting. I would draw pictures of my family and it had purple kids, green kids, brown kids. It was just full of color. And, um, being in the anti-human trafficking industry, uh, the more you're educated in that industry, you learn that that's where often kids are trafficked from orphans. You know, they're, they don't have anyone to claim them. And so being in the industry, it really opened up our eyes to a lot. And Zach and I were married for six months and I ended up getting pregnant. Um, and it ended up becoming an ectopic pregnancy. And it was one of those Mm. things where we got married really young. I think I was 22. Zach was 24. Um, and it was one of those things, you know, we're like, gosh, we have so much traveling to do. We, at that point were, you know, part-time living in the Philippines and Thailand or just going for, you know, weeks or months at a time. And so, um, when we got pregnant, we were like, oh my gosh, this is a surprise, but like, hallelujah. (laughs) Yay. Wow. Uh, Okay. This like threw me off. And then, um, I started bleeding and essentially, uh, we ended up having to go to Hawaii because Zach's uncle, Zach's family's really, really close. Um, and Zach's, um, he basically, his uncle died in Hawaii. And so we had to go do a funeral. And while we were there, I continued to bleed. And that's when I went to end up going to the ER, found out it was an ectopic pregnancy and, um, had to get emergency surgery. It exploded in my, uh, exploded my fallopian tube at extreme wow. internal bleeding. They were like, if you came in, you know, three hours later, you would have died. Uh, oh it was just gosh. one of those things like where you're like, you know, and there's so many details within that I'm leaving out. But, sure. um, so do surgery and, um, end up getting my tube taken out. And it was one of those things where, you know, there was so much, you know, obviously there's trauma that comes with that of just loss mm-hmm. and kind of being like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. And then I didn't even know I wanted it. And now I'm realizing, wow, like children are a gift. And there's this whole process of like, okay, God's kind of readjusting our, fa- um, our mindset with like what it means to grow a family. Sure. And so when we started praying about it, we were like, why, you know, adoption's always been our heart. Adoption's always been a part of something that we knew we were going to do. Um, Zach knew when we started dating, this is a non-negotiable, like this is something that <laughs> is like something that's on this my is heart. Happening. <laughs> yeah, this is happening. Um, and he, he, you know, at first he has a whole story within his adoption. He was adopted by his dad. Um, and he didn't find out until he was like, you know, in his later teens. And so there was a whole process of him even understanding, you know, healing from that and just being oh, like, yeah. okay, what does it look like for me to adopt? And so, um, and you know, when you have the heart of the father adoption really does come so naturally, like it really does. It's like, Oh, this is, this is a joy. So we started, uh, just praying about it. And Zach's like, babe, adoption is plan a, like, let's, let's, let's grow a family through adoption. And it was one of those things where, you know, at the doctor at the time, they were like, yes, you, you know, you have PCOS, you have these things, but you lost a tube, but you'll be able to get pregnant. It'll be no problem. Like there were <laughs> at that time, there was no issue. And so we were thinking, oh, this is not that that would have changed anything, but we were just so ignorant to the journey of sure. uh, what we was coming ahead. So um, we were like, let's adopt. And it's so funny. We had no money. We're both full-time missionaries. We literally sold our couch um, to make our first p- adoption payment. Like it was just, now I look <laughs> at it and I'm like, we were crazy. I was 23. <laughs> yeah. I was 23 years old. Zach was 25. And so essentially, you know, a lot of people with adoption, it's like the first place you start is like, God, what type of adoption are you calling us to? And our my whole life, I've always just loved 
um, Africa. I love their culture. I love, mm. you know, there's, and I had never even been at the time. Um, but I was always fascinated with Uganda, Kenya, all these different, you know, nations within that continent. And I was just, that was something my heart was drawn to. And then obviously, um, you know, my, our work was in Asia. So we were kind of like, okay, we're 23 years old. And so then you kind of funnel into places that you feel like, um, you know, that you actually are qualified for legally, you know, cause each right. country has different requirements. So after we got that, it narrowed down to like four nations. And so, um, basically we prayed and we started adoption process. So long story short, we started in Uganda, ended up feeling like God was asking us to move uh, nations. We switched to Liberia, um, got matched with, um, we, it was so funny because throughout the whole process, people kept coming up to us at church or just strangers. I remember one time a total stranger came up to us and was like, Hey, uh, I just feel like God told me that you guys are going to have twins. I feel like God told me a uh, double Whoa. trouble, double, double love or double portion. Like I, I keep seeing twins. And we were like, Oh wow. Like, and, you know, in our head, we're thinking we don't even, we barely have the faith for one baby. And you're telling yeah. us that we're going to have twins, you know? And so we were like, Oh gosh, this is going to be interesting. So anyway, lo, lo and behold, um, on my birthday actually was when we got a message on Facebook from, uh, you know, our adoption uh, coordinator and they were in country and they basically said, um, there are two children here. They were previously matched, you know, and with a different family and, uh, they're technically second cousins. We'd love to try and keep them together. You do not have to say yes to both of them, but, uh, you know, this is the situation. And I thought we thought we'd present it to you. And, you know, my heart is like, huh. you put any baby in front of me. I'm like, yes, bring up, you know, I'll, I'll You're take like, are there more? Just give me all of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, and so that was my personality. And Zach was like, Zach is the wisdom to me. He is the yin to my yang. Like he is so <laughs> calm, cool and collected. I'm the crazy one. And he's like, absolutely not. We are going to fast and pray for 21 days before we give him an answer. And I'm like, 21 days? <laughs> like, oh my God. I can't do that. I know. It was like such a sacrifice. And so so we did it. And at the end, and he's just, you know, that's the thing about adoption. You really do need to pray into so many steps of it because, um, you, there is such a natural instinct to want to say yes, mm. fueled from guilt, knowing the need, knowing where they come from, knowing their right. settings. Like, and so there, there really does need to be filtered through prayer. And so I'm, I'm like, I love the way that Zach walked us through that season. So we say yes to both babies, uh, 10 days after, uh, we said yes to our, both of them, our son, they told us, you know, he's, you know, terminally ill. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to even make it. He had, we think he has hepatitis B. He had malaria four separate times before his first birthday. Wow. He had pneumonia. He had measles. He had, I mean, every, you know, all different stages, he had all these different things. And so mm -hmm. he was always so sick. And so, um, it was one of those things where it's like you, your heart's on the other side of the ocean that you've never met, but you feel connected to him. And so, Essentially, we decided let's get on a one-way plane to Liberia. Let's be with our son. Let's we can get him at least. You know, we can not that there's much care, but there's one you know main hospital in Liberia that we were uh, working with, and so we were like we can afford treatment there. So um, we went there, not knowing when we come home, and ended up being there for a little over four months. Came home, um, and the whole time it was so funny. You know, the whole time I, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, my cousin's sister's dog." got pregnant when she was adopting, I bet you you're going to get pregnant, you know? And so yeah. the whole time I'm like, oh my gosh, I kept thinking this is going to be so fun. What if I got pregnant in Africa and I could say all our babies were made in Africa and I had yes. all these things. I'm like, this is going to be the best, you know? And that's, that's something about me is I, like you and I, before we, you pressed record, we were talking about how we always live in the future. Like yeah. I, I sometimes totally pay rent in fantasy land of this oh, like yes. 
pretend future that does not, I'm like, Oh, this, and then they'll wear this outfit and then I'll, and then we'll yeah. go to this vacation. Like, and so, um, that was kind of what throughout the adoption process, I was like, Oh, it's going to be so awesome. I'm totally going to get pregnant. And it's going to be great. And uh, you know, and each month it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Right before we left for Liberia, I did go to the doctor, um, you know, and they, you know, oh, your PCOS is pretty bad. You know, you'll probably have to do treatment. And so we did a few treatments of just like, nor, you know, not too expensive of options like Clomid, those things. Yeah, um, sure. And nothing worked, nothing. I would never ovulate. It was like, everything was a mystery. I tried every natural remedy, every Google, every ovulation kit, everything wasn't working. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just, whatever, we'll just let go. And everyone's like, when you relax, you'll get pregnant. And it's like, Okay. You're Think, like, okay, like, but that's not medical. Let's just, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do a whole podcast episode of just things you don't say to somebody trying to get pregnant. It's I like, think we're going to have to revisit this and do that exact oh, thing. Yes. It's like, it's like, it's like, that is actual trash garbage when you say stuff like that. I'm like, there are so many better things that you could say to somebody than be like, oh, just rest. Just, oh my gosh, when yeah, you really give relax. it to the Lord. I'm like, tell me to relax one more time. I'm about to hear you. <laughs> I know. My favorite just, is, what is God teaching you during this time? And I'm like, oh, that I life know. kind of sucks. I don't know. I know <laughs> that there's like pain in the valley and like, yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. So continue on. Basically, I come home and basically I'm, I'm going to such a long version, but my no, son. I love it. Um, Keep going. Okay. Our son was diagnosed with a terminal genetic disease, Duchenne muscular dystrophy about four months after we got home. And so that was a whole process in itself to cope with. And, you know, that took a lot of our attention and there that even that year of that diagnosis was the hardest year within Zach and I's marriage. It was like just pressure and just so much. Mm -hmm. It was like Instapot of every issue of life, you know, put into, yeah, it was just so overwhelming. And so um, there was so much uh, mourning and grieving and, um, you know, having to lay ministries down that I thought I would be giving my entire life to and, uh, and just a lot. And so fast forward, um, I just felt like God was like, set everything down and focus on your family for a year. And that was about um, a year and a half ago. And so that's what we did. Um, you know, my, we, we stepped out of all responsibility, all serving all things. And we just focused on our family. Um, and, uh, then essentially we felt like we finally had the opening door of really pursuing, like getting pregnant. So we went, you know, every, we did everything. We did absolutely everything. Uh, and then we decided to pursue IVF. Uh, my other tube had to get taken out. It turns out that when I was in utero in my mom, my tubes were actually never fully formed. And so oh, wow. I didn't have, yeah, my tubes were like basically not. Um, and so anyway, it's like, oh, that was, that's crucial information when trying to make a baby that you yes. <laughs> have tubes. So I've got my tubes taken out. So the only way I could get pregnant was through IVF. And so, um, it was so funny, get my tubes taken out and we get this random call out of nowhere from this IVF clinic that I don't remember getting on a clinical trial list, but they call me, I'm in the middle of Costco (laughs) grabbing hot dogs. And they're like, Phoebe, uh, you are, is this Elizabeth? You you were on a list for a clinical trial and you, if you come in, essentially every single penny is paid for and you're the perfect candidate. It's amazing. We're going to start it in two months. Yeah. I was like, like up until our adoption, it was like, it literally dropped in my lap. Like, and I called back and I'm like, and it was in a clinic here locally. And we had looked at doing it in Greece. We had done 
uh, five different consults with five different doctors and three of them were overseas because it's so much cheaper. And we were just like, why not? You know? Sure. And so, um, so essentially we get started in that and everyone at the clinic, it's here local. It's the nicest clinic. It's like you walk into a spot. It's so incredible. They take the best care of you. And they're like, you're the best patient. Oh my gosh, you're, this is amazing. And then after six weeks of injections, I fail out of the trial because my estrogen wouldn't go to where it needed to be to continue in the trial. So Uh I have all these hormones in me. Um, you know, we're, you're at this clinic that's really expensive. That it's like, we probably wouldn't have pursued it just out of the cost, but basically they were like, uh, you have to decide in the next 24 hours if you want to continue with this cycle because we, you know, from the medication that they had administered, things were already growing and I didn't want to lose all the eggs that were. And so sure. it was like, oh my gosh, not only did we get yanked this trial under us, but now I have to come up with all this money and, and decide, you know, it was just, it was so much. So basically, uh, um, <laughs> again, I'm so thankful for a husband that's like really is like so, so possessed by peace because he just like, he's the, so calm and these intense situations that our family feels like we're always in. So he's, (laughs) so basically move forward, continue with IVF, do my egg retrieval. And then I get OHSS really, really bad, which is uh, when your ovaries, uh, hyper, hyper stimulate your ovaries are like the size of like, um, melons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then my trial, how to get my transfer, how to get canceled. And I was so sad because I was like, I was supposed to be pregnant today, you know, and that whole thing. And so then uh, my bo- let my body heal. I continue to move on. We have everything all set up to go do a transfer. And then COVID hits. And they're like, sorry, all clinics are closed. And I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> and so it was just kind of like, dang, God, like, you know, I you feel like you've waited so well. And then he's like a little bit longer. And it's just kind of like, okay. And You're so like, I don't um, have it in me. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, and it's just there's so much you could say about that, but, um, continuing on with the story, uh, end up doing a transfer later end of May. And, um, right before we found out that I have, I have a rare antibody that causes reoccurring miscarriage. And so they were like going into this transfer. They're like, the odds of this working are way lower than we thought. We had no idea you had this antibody. Like, so it was just oh, one of those Lord. things where it was like, okay, like God, we totally trust you. Let's just, let's just go for it. So then lo and behold, um, we see that, you know, you're not supposed to take the pregnancy test. They tell you just wait till the blood test because the pregnancy (laughs) test can be wrong. So we took it. Uh, and I just, we both fell to our knees at like four 30 in the morning and started weeping. We were like, Holy cow, it worked. Oh my gosh. And then the next thought is, Oh my gosh, I hope it stays. I hope it, you know, cause there's just so much of like, Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And I've only known for two minutes and I can't only imagine what would happen if something bad happened, you know? So So then, um, at six weeks being pregnant, I am at a, a bridal shower and all of a sudden all this blood gushes down and I'm like, oh my gosh. no. And so I instantly start crying. I mean, I was, it was so much blood and I was like, oh, this is so, so bad. And so Zach was out of, um, out of the state for work and out of nowhere, uh, you know, COVID, you have to go by yourself. I couldn't have anyone. Yeah. So I go to the ER and I'm like, I think I'm having a miscarriage. I'm bleeding a lot. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And, um, so they finally, you know, the ER is the worst. You go in the back in the ultrasound. Yeah. The and she, yeah and I'm six weeks on the dot. And so, um, she does the ultrasound and she says, okay, honey, I see two sacks, but I only see one heartbeat. And so I think you're miscarrying. I think you got pregnant with twins, but 
you're miscarrying one of them. And I looked at her and I said, you need to look harder because I've had so many bad experiences with sure. hospitals and getting wrong information. And I, and I looked at her and she was the soft, like softer than cotton candy. You looked like, I looked like I just <laughs> shot her dog. Like she was like, Oh my gosh. And she was like, Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. You know, and was like totally tender. So she keeps looking and I'm just sitting there weeping, texting Zach, you know, Hey, I th- they think it, we were pregnant twins, but we might be losing one. And then she looks at me or, and then she goes, Oh my heavens. Oh my heavens. There it is. There's another heartbeat. There's twins. And I just, oh, I would have just lost it. <laughs> I started like almost like, you know, when your body shakes and you cry so yes. much, I was like, ah! and I just, my ugly cry. And then uh, and she like takes the wand out and she just held me this random ultrasound oh. worker. She just, I just like literally grabbed onto her and she just held me for like, honestly, probably like four or five minutes. And I'm like, just oh my heart. sobbing. And she's like, I've been doing ultrasounds for 18 years and I've never got to tell anyone they're pregnant with twins. And she's like, I'm so happy. You're so intense because I wouldn't have kept looking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, and she said, you really scared me. <laughs> like, and you were like, and you I, scared me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm so, and I just felt so relieved. And I, and I text Zach and I'm like, Zach, we're pregnant with twins. And he just, I mean, he was like a total mess. Like it was just so much. And so um, so yeah. So then ever since then we have had a smooth pregnancy. I'm, I'll be 18 weeks pregnant tomorrow. And it's just like such a, like throughout our whole infertility journey, I can honestly say I never had any bitterness. I never had any of that. Like, you know, you see someone get pregnant and, you, and your first thought is, yeah. Oh, it's not me. I never struggled with that. And I, and I honestly, I think it's because when you, have this posture of like, I just knew, I knew God wasn't holding out on me. I knew that just because one person, mm. it's like saying, Oh, cause one person's a millionaire. Somebody else can't be a millionaire. Like I didn't right. ever understand the concept of like that kind of like hopelessness. When you found out that other people were pregnant, I'm like, Oh, that's great. That, that just confirms that people are still getting pregnant. Praise <laughs> God. You know, like, yeah, it can happen. And I always really sell it. Like to me, it was like, wow, now I know how hard it, like, it's actually a miracle to get pregnant. And so anytime someone did get pregnant, Mm -hmm. I would be like, wow, that's a miracle. Like the fact that we're talking, the fact that you're alive, like it was like, oh my gosh, like every life is an actual miracle. And so, yeah, it just, and so I think that that was something I, that was just something within our journey that it's like, and even within the pain that comes with just wanting a womb for wanting your body to work or wanting, uh, you know, whatever, just wanting, just knowing that God can do something and being like, I want to see it. I know you can do it. I want to see it. And I, and I think God, like he, he loves when we take him at his word, you know, he loves when we're like, okay, like, and he also loves when we wait with him. Like, I, I don't know if there's anything more precious to him than when he just is willing to sit with us and say, I love that you're willing to wait with me in this. Like, I love that you're not, rushing through this that yeah it hurts but you're like and that's a whole nother thing I, I like that you can only experience god in these deep valleys of pain you can only experience like that, that's when people are like oh he's close to the brokenhearted sometimes i'm like we so flippantly throw that verse around but like it's when so you break true. that down it's like brokenhearted is like i my the marrow of my spirit is broken like i have oh, nothing yeah. left i am totally everything's been sucked out of me. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I feel sad. I feel depressed. Like, and it's like it, he's close to that. And it's like, you Mm -hmm. have to, to, to be that low, he comes close. And so there's been these valleys and like, you know, weeping in the bathtub for hours where it's like (sighs) in one moment, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, only because I'm experiencing and I'm fully open to this emotion and being honest that this is how I feel. 
I can feel God's presence, like speak to me. I can feel him like remind me how like my body isn't broken because I can or can't get pregnant. That doesn't, you know, and like, and he'd start to speak to me about all these things. And so, yeah, that's kind of our, obviously a long version of our story, but it is like, then obviously the whole, like possessing the promise, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I like every morning I look at my belly and I'm waiting to not be emotional over it. You know, like (laughs) I'm already, I told Zach the other night, I was like, I'm already like grieving, not being pregnant because this has been so special because I've waited so long and like, right. How crazy that it's twin. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you just can't make this up. And every day I'm like, someday this is going to be gone. I just want to treasure it every second, you know? (laughs) And same with my, our babies. Like I I look at our, you know, Birdie and Asa and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just love them so much. Like, I just don't want time to stop. You know, I can't imagine loving anything else more, (laughs) you know? (laughs) If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago, and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately, I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types, and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. I feel like I say this all the time. So like for people who are listening, who have listened all the way through, I think every single episode I say, I just love your story, but, but like, totally. but I think like, I literally was thinking about this as I walked in here to call you. I was like, but I think that that is just such the beauty. It's like, isn't that the whole Bible anyway? Is just right. God saying, I love your story. Like that's the entire promise. That's like that's so the good. whole, that's the whole thing. And so I feel like I say that a lot, but at the same time, it's like, it's like what you're saying. Life is just a miracle in the broken moments and in the amazing moments. Totally. Life is still a miracle. Yeah. And you said something and I can't remember, I have to like rewind my brain, but oh, God doesn't hold out on us. Yes. I just like, oh. I just love that. I know he doesn't in all things, like in finances, in all, in friendships, in every area, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. He has no intention of holding out on us, but I think it's easy to fall into that mindset of like, well, you could do this God. So why aren't you? And then the bitterness, you know, can set in, but he has no intentions. He, he he doesn't have the energy to hold out on us. I don't think he's got so much else to do. (laughs) All he does is give, 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 give. It's amazing. 
So on your Instagram, you talk about miracles a lot and mm-hmm. I love it because obviously we have the miracle. I, I love your hashtag Asa is healed. So I yes. want you to talk about that a little bit in a second, but um, then the miracle of your whole fertility journey. And uh, you've talked about what you've kind of learned in these times, but um, what do you believe about miracles? Like, what do you think yes. can tell us about the heart of the father? Yes. Oh, I love that question. I think, um, gosh, I feel like to me, maybe my definition of a miracle is like, that's why maybe people think like, Oh, cause I think everything is a miracle. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> I just, I'm just so always amazed that, and I think that's sometimes also like our human flesh, like waters down these miracles when it's like, no, the fact that we woke up this morning is a miracle. Like the fact that like, I mean, especially in this age, right. 2020, right. like the fact that we are all <laughs> still here is a miracle. And yes. so, um, you know, there's big miracles or small miracles. And I, I, I've just, I've seen, you know, I've read about these medical miracles. I've seen them happen to people all around the world. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh man, I just, and you go internationally, like a majority of our work is international and their mm-hmm. faith for things, you know, like that's a common question. A lot of people, when we were overseeing our missions team, like they're like, why do we see more miracles internationally? And you know, that's a whole episode in itself. And it's like, because they're not trying to research or like figure it out. They're just believing <laughs> yeah. for this, mm. for this miracle. They're believing for their, you know, tumor on their head to go down, or they're believing for a uh, rent money to come in for the month or whatever it is. And so for me, a lot of people, I get a lot of, you know, for the most part, I would say most of Instagram is encouraging, but yes. uh, we get, uh, a fair share fraction amount of people that will send us a message and they'll say that I think it's so sad that you are trending this belief to your followers or to your children that your son can be healed. He actively has a terminal diagnosis that nobody has ever lived from. Like, you know, and they're like, well, you just, you know, somebody said, I know that it's probably like this one woman. She's like, I know it's probably just being naive and it's hard for you to cope or, you know, accept that your son might die young. But, um, it's probably gonna happen. I just feel like it both. And she put on this long thing and I'm like, no, like yeah, the hope that God could move on a situation, not for a spe- like, yes, for a specific outcome, but like, that's the one thing is I think a lot of people will attract their version of how God's going to move to that miracle. And so oh, yeah. they're almost like, oh yeah, like God's going to come in here and he, Ace is going to wake up and all of a sudden he's going to be fine. And his, you know, which maybe that could happen, but also it could happen through medical, through a doctor, it could happen through X, Y, Z. Like, um, and so I think when it comes to, for me, the hope that only God, I'm in a situation that only God can move in. You Mm -hmm. cannot like, that is momentum to my spirit to to continue like going forward because like the reality of life is sad and heavy and if we just don't have our belief and like hope that miracles can happen, I'm like, then why are we living? Like life yes. is all about miracles. Like, yeah. you know, and like, even within our, um, you know, our infertility journey, like same as you, like doctors will flippantly say, Oh, you're never going to get pregnant. Sorry. You know, your endometriosis is so bad or right. your hormonal levels. I've never seen hormonal levels like that. And I'm always like, dude, the nerve. Like, you know, and I'm reading this book right now that said like, who said that a doctor said that? Did, did God say that? Did God say your hormones are a balance? You cannot have a child. I'm not like, 
I understand that there's situations that women will never get pregnant. Like at, yeah. at some point I finally, you know, I was like, well, that's my story. And I, I and even in that God will move like, you know, sure. but the, you, we, we take this voice and like these, these words from the outside world. And for some reason we hold them closer because they're more tangible, right? Because you actually right. heard a doctor say that. And so then it hits you different. But when yeah. you know Jesus in a way where it's like, no, I know that you're real. You're realer than this doctor. You're realer than this paper or than the, than the air I'm breathing. When I, you mm. understand that God is that real and then you take on the things that he says in his word at heart and you actually like embed it in your spirit, you're like, no, that's real to me too. And then, and it's easier yes. to partner with hope than obviously disbelief or like heaviness, you know? And so as far as like believing for Asa yeah. and believing for me, it's like one of those things. I'm not one of, I don't believe the name it and claim it. Oh, just name it. God, you know, God, I want this and you're going to drop it in. <laughs> I think that there's this, but I believe in just this posture and this partnership with the Holy spirit is saying, God, you died on the cross for wholeness. You died on the cross for healing. Mm-hmm. You died on the cross for relationship. Your blood covers everything. And so including my family, including my yeah. body, including every inch of my life. And so will you move in a way that only you can move? And sometimes it doesn't happen. And I don't have answers as to why. But what I do know is every single time it hasn't happened, there's still something beautiful because all God knows how to do is give. Like we were saying, he just gives beauty for ashes. And so even in these hopeless moments when we're like, you know, there's death and you you lose someone that you just, and, and it's hard and you're like, I can't ever wake up in the morning, life is over. Somehow, God will meet you in that. And then somehow when you didn't think you'd ever wake up, all of a sudden you'll slowly start to get out of bed and there's a whole process. And then all of a sudden you'll look back in your life and you'll say, wow, in the lowest moment of my life, God somehow redeemed it. And it's just yeah. what he does. And then you'll look at it and you'll say, that was a miracle. And then all of a sudden you'll start to realize he does do miracles. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> I and that. I think miracles attract miracles, right? It's a miracle yes. to believe for the impossible. And so miracles, and that's why a lot of people say, they'll be like, you guys, your Hepworth family, you guys are marked by miracles. And it's like, because we call everything a miracle. It's all miracles. This, this is amazing. Like <laughs> yes. we're not going to water down God moving. This is so special. I love that. So. And like, uh, I just feel like I could get really fired up about this so easily, but it's like, I am the kind of crazy person that truly believes like God gives us visions, God gives us dreams, God totally. gives us ideas. And and I I think it's partially my personality and partially my faith. I just run with it. And so many times people have been like, well, but what if you're wrong? Like, what if it's, yeah. what if it's wrong? And I'm like, I would rather fall flat on my face 10 times out of 10 because I'm trying to follow this miracle through to the end, then just sit. And like, totally. I think that there's really just two ways you can live life. You can live like everything's a miracle and chase it, or you can sit. Yes. And it's like, which do you want? There's brokenness yes. and there's heartache in both. So yes. pick one. <laughs> yes. And it's like, nothing powerful happens in our comfort zone. Everything that is powerful. And it's uncomfortable to believe for miracles. It's uncomfortable to believe God in his word because it honestly is not our, like, it's not my nature. I can tell you my natural flesh is so skeptic. I am like, (laughs) Oh, and even when you hear some miracles, you're like, well, maybe, uh, maybe the blood work or maybe, you know, who knows? And so it was just a cloud, Karen. Maybe it was (laughs) totally, totally. And it's like, no, like stepping and partnering with that discomfort and being like, Mm -hmm. okay, God, this feels foreign, but walk me through this. I want my, my nature, my first response to be a faith and to believe like, you know, I, I, yes. And like, 
I firmly believe that God wants our lives to be an adventure of miracles. Like, he doesn't want our lives to just be like a series of going to church on Sunday and then working through the week. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why? I mean, and there can be miracles within all those things, of course. But I just think there is bigger out there. And yes, there's heartbreak and yes, there's disappointment. But it's just like, uh, I'm going to butcher this because I never remember where a verse is located. Maybe you'll know, but it's the, and if not, he is still good. Yeah. Like he's still good. Yeah. No, no matter what, no matter what yes. the outcome. I have to ask you one more question before we do the wrap up bit, but yes. I want to know what you've obviously walked this road of miracles because everything is a miracle as we've said. Yes. So what is your advice to other women who are looking for miracles, waiting for miracles? What would you say to them? Oh, Gosh, I wish I could sit down with every single person individually, every woman. I just have a heart, obviously, for women. But um, I would say when you're believing for miracles, I think having this posture of gratitude, even mm-hmm. when you don't have that miracle that you're believing for, like, right. I, I, I say this, I feel like I say this in every single podcast or every conversation over coffee, but people will be like, I'm in a really hard season. Like, what do I do? And I'm always like, there's always something to be thankful for. And, and and I understand there's people listening to this that are in abusive relationships, or there's some, maybe somebody listening to this that's in the middle of a divorce and, or, or these heart wrenching, you know, or just lost their husband or lost their baby or whatever. And it's like, Oh, easy for you to say, Evie, you just got pregnant with twins after. And but you like, and I understand that there's so much context to pain and seasons that people are in. But when you, I just, even in that, there's always something to be grateful for. And when you can mine out like gratitude out of every single season, it really Mm -hmm. is this anchor to Jesus. Like when you can, like, I mean, there have been so many seasons where I'm like, honestly, I want to give up. I want to give up on everything. I want to give up on my marriage. I want to give up on motherhood. I I hate ministry. I hate church. (laughs) I hate this. Like, I just don't want to do it. I literally want to get in a Caribbean Island and have this whole pretend life that I just, you know, and, and even in that, it's like being able to just mine out, God, show me one thing to be grateful for. I just, Oh God. Okay. The fact that I'm breathing, I'm breathing. That's one thing I'll start there. I'll start. And then you can get yeah. bigger. And it's like, okay, thank you God for friends that pull me out of the pit. Thank you God for food in my belly. 90% yeah. of the world is starving. Thank you God that I was not trafficked today, that I have full say over my body and what it's doing today. Or like, you know, like there's yeah. just so many things. And sometimes that's all you can start with. But like, when you really are believing for miracles, or maybe you're in a fun season, maybe you're like, honestly, I'm, I'm comfortable. I have all these things I've been believing for. And I, I don't really like, what does it look like to believe for miracles? Oh, no, no, no. Like, if there's I more, just, <laughs> there's more like when people are like, Oh, I just like my kids are young, and they're in school and everything's good. And you know, we haven't been affected by anything at all. I don't like what am I supposed to believe for now? It's like, Oh, my gosh, like, there is so much in our hearts, like, just always pursuing just a deeper level of wholeness and always pursuing mm. a deeper level of his presence and always like, and that's really honestly the side effect and the symptom of spending time in prayer by yourself with Jesus is yeah. all of a sudden you're so discontent of how much you don't know him. Like I, I, <laughs> yes. the more I know Jesus, I'm like, Oh, I'm so frustrated because I don't know you God. I don't know you. Like I want to know you. I just, I want to know more names about you. I want to know ways of my life. You've showed up that I never recognized. I want to know 
what you're doing in my kids and what you're, what you're praying over my kids and what I can like. Mm. And so when people are like, Oh, life's good. I'm just checking along. I'm like, no, there's more. And so I just, people, when they're believing for miracles, I'm like, just start with gratitude. Just start with gratitude. Let that pull you forward. Let that be hope. You know, when you, especially if you're in a hard, hard season. And then if you're in a hard place of like, I don't really even know what kind of miracles to believe in. Honestly, believing for miracles feels foreign. Like I just don't, everything feels good. Okay. Then press into the secret place with the Lord. I mean, there's so many special, incredible books that you can press into that will help kind of dialogue, help navigate those questions for you. And then all of a sudden you're going to open up your mind and your spirit to all these other facets of Jesus that you're going to want to explore. And then, then all of a sudden knowing Jesus, the the first response to knowing Jesus is aching for miracles because you're reading Mm. about him doing them and you're like, wow. And it says that through us, he wants to do more than what he did. Oh my gosh, Lord, what can I, and like, that's so funny. Like, what if you want, what if God wants you to be the miracle? Like every day I'll be at the grocery store and I'll feel this prompting the Holy spirit to be like, to, you know, maybe it's whatever, like go say hi to this person or, or pay for this person's groceries or, or whatever. Sometimes it's literally someone limping and you're like, I just feel like I'm supposed to go up to him and pray for him. And I don't want to be that weird person, but I feel, (laughs) I feel, and it's like, I didn't think of that on my own. Let's be honest. Like I'm on, I'm selfish. I'm on my own. And you're like, Like, now I have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I don't all the time if I'm being honest. So I actively ignore it sometimes. So I'm not like a, I'm not this hundred percent, like my record isn't, but, but that is something that sometimes I'll get back in the car and I'll think, what if, what if the miracle that you want to do that through that person's life was through me? And I just said, no, or the opposite. Mm. What if I paid for that person's groceries because you asked me to, and that was a miracle to them because they literally weren't going to feed their kids. And, yeah. and it was just, you know, and so it's like, we're always like, what miracle can God do on my life? But there's also this whole invitation to be this miracle into other people's life. Not always, yeah. it doesn't have to be money. Like I understand that's a, an easy way to just, Oh, I'd love to buy your, and that's a great way to bless people. But just picking up the phone and calling some random person, like a God puts on your heart and you're like, yeah, oh, you have I, no idea what you have, that can have no idea. It's amazing. So anyway, I, all my yeah. questions to your answers to your questions are so long. <laughs> no, I love it. I just, I think that I love this whole idea that you're talking about, about we're all kind of a part of the puzzle. And so it, it takes the faith and the miracles, but it also takes the, I keep wanting to say the word cooperation, but it's not, it's yeah. Um, partnership and like, yeah, like yeah, partnership 100%, to be yeah. a willing participant and be like an open vessel to be a part of it. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and like my husband is a perfect example. He is always the most willing to be inconvenienced. And I think that that honestly love is a that. huge part of miracles. It's like, it's an inconvenience usually to receive it or to be it because yeah. it's an inconvenience to wait. It's an inconvenience to have to believe for it. It's an inconvenience usually on your finances. It's an inconvenience in all things. And my yes. husband is the definition. He is always willing to be inconvenienced. He will stop for anyone at the store. He does not promote. He does not self-promote. Like if people knew who he was, I'm like, it would just be game over. I'm over here. I'm like, I would be <laughs> like, oh, I did this. I I like, I can't believe, you know, this is this story. And he's over there just living the gospel inconvenience and miracles follow him all the time. I mean, the yeah. stories of influence that he has because he's willing to be inconvenienced. And like you said, like be in partnership and cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's always like, I'm like, that happened today. He's like, yeah, it was no biggie. That's just, you know, and to him, it's just, that's just following Jesus. Just that's life. just, yeah. that's just how you live. It's amazing. Yeah. I, and I think like something I want 
everybody to hear and really take in that I, I feel like I'm still learning it, but you know, miracles is active. It's not just a sitting and waiting. And I think nine times out of 10, God just wants somebody to jump with him. And how beautiful is it that no matter what the outcome is, he's jumping with you. Mm-hmm. So just go, like, just do totally. it. Because, totally. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. So I always end in the exact same way every time. Perfect. And okay. um, I do it, but it's a little bit selfish because I just like learning about new things and everyone has oh, different loves yeah. and wants. But I ask people what are three things they love right now. So this could be like a product. This could be like a class or a thing or Ooh. something intangible. It could be tangible, intangible. Doesn't okay. have to be faith related at all. Just okay. three things you love right now. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're asking a pregnant lady three things she loves. I know. I was like, um, I am ice cream and cake. <laughs> no, I hate ice cream. I wish I loved it. I'm not no, an ice cream girl. I know. My husband is like, my oh. fave. I know. He, my, Zach loves ice cream. Um, okay. So I am loving waffles right now. Like I can't get enough oh. waffles. Um, I am loving all things stretchy that I can put on my body. <laughs> Love. <laughs> and then just yesterday, I went to the chiropractor for the first time and I didn't realize how hard it was to breathe. And I, I was saw like, you post about this. Yes. And so I was like, you know what? I'm loving the chiropractor. So um, I'm excited to keep doing that. So those are three things. You made me want to go to the chiropractor. I have, I have never been to the chiropractor. I have also been a huge skeptic. And I'm oh. also like a little scared to go to the chiropractor. Oh, for sure. So that I'm married to skeptic.com about chiropractors. Yeah. Um, and and it's it just like, it's not a huge deal, but it's so funny because you're either really for chiropractors or really yes. like, just like, no, I don't, you know, There's and no my dad's between. actually, yeah, my dad's the same way as my husband. He's like, why would I pay to be popped? Like, yeah. you know, only to need additional popping, which that's kind of how I felt. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, it, I mean, sometimes it'd be kind of nice, but Um, and let me tell you, it was a game changer. I don't know if I would go in normal life. Um, right. I feel like with being pregnant, I'm like, okay, this is extra special, but it's kind of interesting because on my poll yesterday, it is literally 50, 50 down the middle of women who are pregnant, who went, it is literally almost to the number. It was like 500, 502 of people who did go see chiropractor who didn't. And then the next question was, um, was your baby head down? And all of them were head down. So I'm not totally sure if I believe now with that data, I'm like, okay, maybe it's more of just like, it's, you know, it's relieving the body, opening the hips for birth. And it's like preparing right. you, but I don't know if it's necessarily will help with positioning. So well, I, we'll see. I'll be interested <laughs> to see how it goes, but also Me like, too. I, I want to know the research behind this so badly now because it's, it's so interesting. And I wonder I if like certain pregnancies, well, cause you have twins. So maybe it's yeah. like more effective. For you, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. We'll find out. Let's hope I can birth these babies vaginally. That's, oh, that's going to be such an exciting day. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so honored. As Seriously. I, said, I say it every time, but I love your story. <laughs> yes. Maybe you should just name your podcast. I love your story. <laughs> I actually have thought about changing it too. Or just like a little subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I love new friends. E.B., thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I said it during the interview, but I just have to say it again. (laughs) 
I love your story. I love your hope-filled attitude, your courageous spirit, and I love your willingness to dive headfirst into a life of miracles. And even more importantly for today, thank you for sharing it all with us with such transparency and honesty. I loved when E.B. said in the interview, God doesn't hold out on us. What a beautiful reminder that no matter what season you're walking through right now, God is not holding out on you. He isn't waiting for you to learn something new. He's not waiting for you to become perfect. And He certainly isn't waiting for you to gain more courage or faith before He fills your life with all you're looking for. We know that God isn't a genie in a bottle looking to grant your commands, but He also isn't holding out on you no matter what. Thank you, E.B., for reminding me of that today, too. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Next episode, I will be chatting with Alex Johnson, a YouTuber with an amazing story of overcoming to tell. We're chatting all about mental health, addiction, and Alex's personal story of finding hope and spreading it for everyone around. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble. And show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.